Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, boy. Was there a situation this morning in Overland Park? Uh, we were talking about the one in Lansing where shots were fired in a road rage incident. Eerily similar situation to get to here to talk about in Overland Park. Officer John Lacey of the Overland Park Police Department, kind enough to join us. Uh, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on with us. And thanks for having me. I appreciate that. All right. So I'm going to let you just describe the news releases out. But why don't you describe to us what happened this morning? Yeah, basically right around Shawnee Mission Parkway in I-35, there was a road rage incident between two vehicles. Uh, what occurred was the victim followed the suspect vehicle um, to South OP. Uh, he gave us a license tag, things of that sort, making model of the vehicle. But at College Neiman is where the suspect pulled out a firearm and fired several shots towards the victim. The victim was not struck, uh, thank God. And no one, no bystanders were also struck. But we were able to apprehend the suspect. Okay. What was the original road rage about? I'm not real sure. I mean, we're it's still early in the investigation. We are talking to the victim. As a matter of fact, last time I heard, we were still on scene. Um, we also have our detective, our CID, our guys are out there uh, recovering rounds uh, from the suspect uh, gun. So right now, I don't know exactly what occurred, what initiated, but we do know there was a road rage incident at Shawnee Mission Parkway and I-35. That's pretty scary. That's very close to the radio station here and also a really high traffic area, especially at 8, 10 in the morning. Correct. Um, something like this, uh, if, if you do have a road rage incident, get a make and model of the vehicle. If you can get identify the driver, make sure you can do that. And at the same time, get a license tag and then let us handle it. But call it in. But as far as following the vehicle, I wouldn't follow from... Me, personally, I wouldn't follow it from Shawnee Mission Parkway all the way down to College Boulevard. But you, you can understand maybe the victim was very, very upset, and he basically said, I'm not going to let this get away. And we were trying to get units uh, into the area, things of that sort. So um, if you do experience something like this, always call 911. Give us the information. Can you describe the distance that we're talking about? I'm familiar with College Boulevard, but not exactly where Cody Street is from where it originally happened to where it ended? Yeah, so Shawnee Ocean Parkway and I-35 to College Boulevard and Neiman area, you're looking at at least three miles, at least, probably even more. I'm not real sure. But something like that, uh, I, me personally, uh, I've been in situations where someone has cut me off and then they try to, you know, start in with me. I just get a license tag and make them model the vehicle and I call the local police department and I let them handle it. 
Yeah, you almost wonder, and, and this is me saying this, not you, uh, you almost wonder, did it further aggravate the situation and further lead to the possibility of shots being fired that the victim followed the suspect? Yeah, it could have. I mean, we, I mean, like I said, we're talking with the suspect right now, but it could have aggravated him. I don't know what happened. I mean, you have to understand, too, we have a lot of cameras in Overland Park. So uh, we're going to review our cameras in Overland Park, and we may have to reach out to, I believe, either Shawnee or Merriam Police Department to see if we can access their cameras, too, to see how this all started. Do you know what led to the crash? I know your release says the suspect sped off and crashed. Do you know what what happened in the wreck? I do know that after the suspect fired at the victim's vehicle, he attempted to uh, leave the area. And I believe that's the next intersection, which is Cody, or two intersections down. That's where a crash occurred, and we were right there on scene. We were able to take custody of the suspect uh, without incident. Was he? Was that the only vehicle involved? Was it, Was it just a single vehicle wreck, just the suspect? Yes, yes, I believe so. I mean, it was only two males that were involved. Thank God there were no children in the vehicle. But if you're taking a firearm and you're shooting at a moving vehicle, that's that's not, I mean, who does that? It's, it's, it's not right that he was doing something like that, especially in a heavy uh, traffic area such as College of Neiman right around that area. People are going to work. People are going to school, things of that sort. Yeah, I want to um, I want to talk more about that, about that, um, because, again, we had the case out of Lansing over the weekend where which I know is not Overland Park, but we had a case where you had two vehicles shooting at each other that started because of road rage. And I've said before, um, it actually was in Overland Park that this happened where I had a situation where I accidentally cut someone off like I genuinely looked and didn't see him and then they were there. It, mm-hmm. we, it, it happens to all of us. And in the rearview mirror, he was behind me at a turn lane. The guy was losing his absolute mind in the re- in I can see it in my rearview mirror, and I thought, oh my gosh, what is about to happen here? Sometimes you cut somebody off and you or just something happens and you don't mean for it to. It is terrifying to think the number of cases that we've had where that leads to somebody pulling a gun. Correct. Nine times out of ten, I, I tell people, don't make eye contact. If you know you cut someone off, try not to make eye contact. If, but if they continue to glare and they're hucking their horn, just look at them and say, hey, sorry. That may just calm down the whole situation by saying, hey, I'm sorry. And that person may move on. But sometimes people are just angry. And when you have anger and you have firearms and someone who's irresponsible with that firearm, bad things can happen. I assume because of how well-traveled some of these intersections are, are you getting, you may not know this yet, but I assume there are many witnesses to what, to at least some of what happened here. Yeah, that's why in the press release I put if there's any witnesses to these incidents to contact the Overland Park Police Department or the TIPS hotline. So we're asking the public that if they saw the incident that occurred at uh, I-35 in Shawnee Mission Parkway or if they saw the incident at College in Neiman to give us a call. Did you have any sus? Uh, excuse me. Any vehicle descriptions? Um, all I know, it was a black uh, black vehicle sports car that was our suspect vehicle. Uh, I don't know what the victim was driving at this time. I haven't had a chance to even look at the police report. Like I said, it, it's still early. Uh, we're still with the suspect. We're still with the victim at this time. Are you seeing more incidents of road rage? Lately, is this? Sometimes I wonder about stories like this. Are we just hearing about it more, or is it happening more? How do you well, how do you do see get it? A lot of calls. 
Yeah, we do a lot, get a lot of calls for road rage, and most of you know the drivers will give us the, the suspect you know information. This is what he did. He cut me off at this location, or he pointed a firearm at me. We will follow up on that here at Overland Park. So don't think that hey, I called it in and it fell on deaf ears. No. We will follow up on that, and we'll get back with the person or the victim. Nine times out of ten, you get a lot of the residents want us to go over there and just talk to the person, find out. Sometimes they're having a bad day, but that doesn't mean you have to pull a firearm, things of that sort. But uh, we, we, nine times out of ten, we just basically talk. Sometimes we issue fire, I mean, uh, citations uh, on road rage incidents. So, I mean, it's just it depends on the situation. To be honest with you. I'm glad you said that. What would justify, and I'm going to go back to my example, where the guy that is behind me is just now really making me nervous. We're sitting at a red light. I know that I cut him off on accident. I know he's mad. And we're waiting at a red light. What would justify calling police about it? Like nothing, nothing has happened yet, but I'm getting, I'm getting a bad feeling about it. Yeah. Still call. Still call 911. And just let us know, hey, I'm at this location, for example. I'm at 435 in Metcalf. I accidentally cut someone off. He's honking his horn. Um, I can see that he's giving me, you know, gestures, hand gestures, things of that sort. I don't want this to escalate. Um, We are going to tell you to either, A, come towards the police station, or if we have an officer that's in the area, we can dispatch an officer uh, to uh, where you're going. And maybe we can, because you don't want to get out of the vehicle and he's following you, and then all of a sudden it's just you and him. So we want you to come to the police station, go to a place where there's a lot of people at. Uh, but I would call 911, give us the location, and let us handle it. Better safe than sorry seems like the way exactly. to approach it. Yeah, like I say, crime, yeah, I understand the incident that occurred in Lansing, but here in Overland Park, crime has no address. I always say that. Absolutely. Guess, it can happen anywhere. Um, All right. So, again, the tips hotline is 816-474-TIPS. If you saw it, again, the original road rage incident was at Shawnee Mission Parkway and I-35 at about 810 this morning. The wreck at College Boulevard and Cody Street. Correct. Excellent. All right. Officer John Lacey, keep us posted on what you uh, find out. We appreciate you jumping on so quickly with us. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk soon. All right. We'll be back here in a few minutes on KMBZ. Welcome in here on this Tuesday morning here on KMBZ. Phone number to get in, 913-586-7798. We might have new information coming out of the investigation into the shooting at the Chiefs rally last week. Um, it, we'll get into some of it. it. It's getting confusing, and that's getting frustrating for a lot of people, so we'll get into that here uh, coming up in a few minutes. Wanted to talk about the latest with the sales tax extension vote that is set for the new stadiums. That vote is set for April 2nd. We are getting closer and closer to that date. What we are seeing is a lot of action and a lot of talk from Crossroads businesses that are going to go away because of the footprint for the new stadium. What we're not really hearing a lot of is any push from the other side for the vote to pass which will be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, 
if you listened, uh, it was last week that we talked to um, Jill Coxon, who owns Chartreuse Saloon. She's in one of the businesses there. She rents that building, which is how a lot of these are. A lot of these businesses that would end up going away are owned by some of the same property owners. There's just a couple of property owners in that area that might end up having no choice here. If the property owner makes a deal to sell the property or if eminent domain comes into play, those businesses are going to have no choice. And I think we counted 20 or 22 businesses in that area that would end up going away. From where I sit, it was a surprise to find out that they were going to be going into that Crossroads location, into that Casey Star building location. In fact, there were stories, the owners of those that building came out in a month or two before the announcement and said, we're not selling. I think a lot of us just kind of dismissed that. Of course, it's not going to go there. That's ridiculous. And then when John Sherman and the Royals made the announcement that that's where it's going to go, a lot of us were surprised. And it turns out, many of those business owners were surprised also. And I don't know what the expectation should have been to let them know ahead of time or negotiate with them ahead of time or to find out like, hey, can we actually get the property that we need before we decide that this is where it's going to go? So John Sherman uh, is in Surprise, Arizona. He's been down there and Bally Sports posted some audio where he was asked about this and a credit to him for admitting, yeah, the the businesses seem to be kind of caught off guard. And here's what he had to say. We, we saw your plans. We got to see, you know, uh, you look pretty impressive. You happy with the presentation? Are you getting good feedback on, on what you guys put out there? Well, I, I, we feel good about it, Saran. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of – one of the things that uh, – uh, just because the way that the process went, I don't want to get into the sausage making completely here, but between the, the way we had to get through the Jackson County Legislature with the veto override, you know, the, we were pushed back quite a quite a bit. And then, you know, of course, the Crossroads site, we, we're very excited about that site. But, but I would say that one of the unfortunate things is that, uh, you know, this news was kind of sudden to some of the folks in the crossroads. So we're in the, we're in the process right now, sitting down with people that are affected by this and make sure they understand that we're there to kind of help the transition and that type of stuff. So, we're, so I feel really good about the, about the vote and about the election, but also sensitive to some parts of the community that we're trying to you know, spend some time. But I mean, you'd like to not be using any domain and, and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, we optimistic that won't be necessary. Yeah, we, we expect to uh, negotiate or to come to agreement with all the property. And we're meeting, we've been meeting with property owners and meeting with them today, meeting with them tomorrow. And, and, and so I think we've got a pretty good handle on that. But there is, there certainly is, uh, you know, like what I just said, because of the suddenness. Uh, in some cases, we're just trying to listen and have empathy and try to help them uh, in their transition. And again, the owners of businesses in the crossroads have said, we heard nothing about this. And I, so, and I don't know what, um, what the motivation would be to not talk to those business owners before a deal is done. Now, except that you worry that word's going to get out. I mean, the reason to keep it a secret is you want to keep it a secret and you don't want people to know. But your best chances of that vote passing are getting as many people on board as you possibly can. And people are mad. Uh, coming up later this week, we're going to talk to David Johnson, who is involved um, in some of this and in that group, just to talk to us more about how it's going with the business owners there. So with that, the KC Tenants Group has released a statement. And again, I've seen no public effort toward 
let's pass this vote. And I'm shocked at that. I thought for sure that's the first thing we would see is Jackson County legislators. At least I haven't seen any of this online, but I've not heard anything about um, legislators for Jackson County on the Jackson County Commission holding public meetings in their in their districts. I've not seen any um, anything on social media about it. I've seen no push toward getting that vote passed. And so the KC Tenants Group came out, and this was posted, this was all over the place, but if you want to see the actual statement, it's up on Reddit, uh, encouraging voters to vote no on the stadium tax is what they're calling it. Keep in mind, it's, it's an extension of that three-eighth cent sales tax. And so the first thing they said is, we refuse to pay for our own displacement, which is a really powerful statement to make. Um, and there, there are some stats in here, but they basically said, and take this for what you will. This is this is their side of it. John Sherman says they're negotiating, but they say John Sherman and the Royals ownership have withheld critical information from the public, waiting until a week before early voting to announce their location. It wasn't a week. It was it was just a couple of days. I mean, you you can't argue with the fact that there's a lot we still don't know, and there's a lot that was put off until the last possible minute before even the location was announced. Um, and so they say. They're, they're pushing it big time, and I expect this to be a small but powerful group of business owners to vote no on that April 2nd. I wonder if John Sherman has this mindset of, is it easier to seek forgiveness than ask for permission it's, with this sort of thing? With, it's easier with to take it by eminent domain yeah, yeah. Than, than to negotiate it, maybe. And if that's true, that stinks. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I'm surprised he even brought it up in that Valley Sports clip that we that we. Played. It's good PR for him to say we're oh, negotiating yeah. Yeah. And, and we're talking. Oh, yeah. it, it's a good thing for him to say. Uh, let's see. Pat's called us up out of St. Joe. Hey, Pat. Uh, hey, I've got a question for you. And I, I don't understand eminent domain. I, I, I've heard it in highways and light and power going through and things like this. Is this stadium going to be owned by the city or the county? Um, is that how they do it? It is. Um, the way they are describing it is a public-private partnership. Take that for how you will. Okay. Well, I've heard that, you know, private entities could not use eminent domain if it's privately owned. But if it's, I guess if it's a partnership, it's part. It's a partnership part because tax. some of the sales tax, that's what that three eight cent sales tax is about. That's public right. money that's going yeah. to help fund it. I live outside the city and I don't understand city politics, but I do understand. I thought I understood eminent domain, but uh, okay. So they're using that process and that's why they're getting the county or city on part ownership in it then so they can you know take over stuff without really people's permission well the reason they're i mean the reason it's a private public partnership is money it's it's so yeah, that the royals ownership doesn't have to kick in all the money on their own uh, that would be a lot of money to build that stadium two billion. <laughs> oh, is that all yeah <laughs> yep yeah so that's the reason is money um yeah. now if the vote fails if the vote does not pass they have to wait. They can't put it on the ballot again for a year. Now, what okay. happens in that year? Then I don't know. Yeah. Who, who knows what happens at that point in terms of, well, that, of ownership? That's true. Well, it's just, I, I don't know. It's been troubling me for a number of days, and I didn't understand the, the partnership there. But thank you for clarifying that issue for Thanks me. for getting in, Pat. I appreciate asking the questions. Yeah, I think we're all going to become pretty well-educated about some of the stuff. And feel free to ask. I am not an expert on eminent domain, but feel free to ask whatever questions you've got. The question that I have that I need to ask a lawyer of is, and it's kind of a, it, it's, it's, it's almost an overthinking question, but who can 
who qualifies for eminent domain or what what projects can use eminent domain for that property? Can anything? I mean, do you do you just have to prove, um, you know, it's in the public good? I, I need to ask lawyers questions more about that kind of thing. Um, let's see. We can take one more quick call and then we need to move on coming up. Jim is going to wrap this up out of Topeka. Hey, Jim. Yes. And private companies can do it under the Kellogg deal. Uh, and yes, it has to be, it has to establish good for, and it has to establish a lot of things, but private entities can actually use intimate domain. And it's a very narrow window, very narrow path that they have to walk with it. So it's not exclusively government uh, uh, controlled. Okay. Um, I It definitely helps that the government is there. Again, I need to learn, and thanks thanks for the call, Jim. I need to get with lawyers and find out more about, because it, it is going to become a question of um, if, the, if the owners of the property will not negotiate or they want too much money, although I can't imagine that John Sherman and that Royals ownership group couldn't come up with the money. But again, there's a price tag on it that now has been made a little more public. And so if they can't get those property owners to sell, under what conditions then can they just use eminent domain to go after the property? It's it's complicated. And again, this vote is April 2nd. And I, from where I sit, don't have a lot of confidence at this point that it's going to pass People tend to be more vocal voting against things than for things. And I think some of the confusion comes down to people thinking that this is a new tax without realizing it's a tax they're already paying. This just extends it for a lot longer. So we'll keep an eye on it and uh, certainly see what else comes out of um comes out of the process here. All right, we'll take a break. Coming up, Tori Fugate, Casey Pet Project, joins us. Uh, More stories now about dog euthanasia coming out of shelters. We'll get to that coming up next here on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The numbers are pretty dramatic coming out of a latest report. This is out of USA Today saying uh, for the first time since a particular organization started tracking this back in 2016, more dogs than cats were euthanized last year. Uh, We have new numbers on the number of pets in shelters and some of the rescues that are going on. And to give us some insight, happy to be joined by our friend Tori Fugate of the KC Pet Project. Hey, Tori. Hello, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for getting in with us here. Um, Man, none of this is good. Um, I'm sure you've seen the numbers and you can confirm uh, kind of the consistency of what's happening here. Uh, But the group Shelter Animals Count said shelter and rescue uh, populations in the U.S. have surged by 900,000 overall since January of 2021. And we are at a five-year peak for the number of dogs being euthanized. It was over 359,000 last year. Does that sound about right? That does sound about right. Yep. It's uh, it's very dramatic what we are seeing across the country right now. Um, you know, I, I feel a little bit like I've been a broken record over the past year saying how full we are. Me and too. How many more dogs mm-hmm. are coming into the shelter. I know I've been on this program a lot talking about it, but unfortunately, this is this is happening across the country. This is not isolated to Kansas City. We are still seeing more dogs, more puppies, more animals coming through here. Um, 2024 is not slowing down at all in January. We saw the highest number, the second highest number of animals that came through our shelter um, ever. The only other highest month was July of last year. Um, So January was absolutely brutal for us with the amount of animals coming in. Um, Our euthanasia numbers are unfortunately going up and it's just because we are seeing more animals coming through than we have ever seen in the history of this, of this city. I hate to ask this question, but I don't know the answer. Under what conditions is an animal euthanized by KC Pet Project? So it's unfortunately it's unfortunate situation because, you know, in the past when we were taking in, I mean, when we built this shelter, we were taking in between 10 and 11,000 animals a year. We opened in January of 2020. That had been consistent over a five-year data set. So we built the shelter to handle the amount of animals that we were having coming into the shelter every year for over a five-year period. Since January of 2020, we are now taking in 5,000 to 6,000 additional animals than we were when we built this shelter. That is an incredible increase of the amount of animals that's coming in. And we are seeing that in municipal shelters across the country where we're seeing more animals coming in than we were in, you know, 2019. So back, you know, four years ago, we would be able to give animals more time, be able to give a lot more resources to these animals. Um, in order to keep them in the shelter longer, maybe work with them, do training programs. That is not the case anymore because of the animals, the amount of animals that we're seeing coming in. We are working frantically to get animals out the door. So we track what we call our length of stay. The amount of time that animals spend here in the shelter, our length of stay for dogs is only 20 days. And that is dogs in shelters or dogs in foster. That's puppies that are come in that need to eight weeks in foster homes. That's across the board, which is very, very low 
for a municipal organization like ours, and that's because we're working as hard as we can for positive outcomes so that we don't have to use an ice for space. Every kennel here is full. Every kennel is precious when it comes to comes to the amount of animals coming in. Before we talk about the reasons and how we got here, and I think it's worth talking about many, many times because of how bad the problem is getting, I want to come back to what you said about the training. Um, as somebody that spends entirely too much time on TikTok, as I admit, <laughs> one of the things that comes up a lot that you see is the reasons why animals were surrendered back and how quickly that can happen sometimes, how somebody will adopt an animal from a shelter and return that dog or that cat it's usually dogs, five days later or a week later or a day later for reasons that they weren't ready for. And sometimes, and you would know this better than I would, sometimes it's the dog didn't get along well with the other dogs in the house or with the child in the house or the dog Mm -hmm. had separation anxiety or just all these things that sometimes you can um, um, fix is a bad word for it. But spend some time in a shelter and you can train them and work them out of some of that stuff. What kind of resources do you have to do that? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we just because of the volume of animals, we don't have, you know, as many resources as we wish we could dedicate to this. Our return numbers for dogs are actually really low. And that's because we do a we try to do the best job that we can with setting expectations at the time of adoption and then letting people know, you know, what they are getting into. If this animal, if we've seen it or know of any history of, say, separation anxiety in the home. If we know of any history, we disclose that and kind of talk them through what that's going to look like working with the animals. So we try to set those expectations up front. Um, And then we do provide, you know, post-adoption behavior resources. Um, So if people do have questions, of course, our foster families that are maybe working with dogs that came in with behavior notes, we're working with them. Um, But, you know, we wish we could provide training resources to the public and things like that to be able to keep their animals Um, But at this time, we're just so overwhelmed with the amount of animals coming in that we're having to dedicate all of our time just to helping them get out the door. All right. Take me through the reasons. And I'm sure it's not one, but take me through the reasons for why the population is up to where it is now. So a lot of it has to do with veterinary resources. And, you know, in the time of COVID, a lot of that clinics shut down. Um, There was a study that was put out that said that when six months of time when COVID started and remember every vet clinic kind of closed down for a little bit in that period of time that put us 3 million surgeries behind schedule. So we were doing a really good job of keeping up with spay neuter surgeries as a country. We were doing a great job of doing that until that point. And now we're, and at that point we were 3 million surgeries behind um, getting community pets spayed and neutered. We're still seeing the repercussions of that, and we'll continue to see that until we can make veterinary resources more affordable and more accessible for our communities. Um, people just simply cannot afford to have their vet um, have vet services, uh, you know, for their pets. It's becoming so expensive. For us, the cost of care in veterinary medicine went up 20% last year. Wow. We have to absorb all those costs as the shelter. And so we're seeing those price increases the same as the public is seeing. And it's really put a huge um, strain on our resources with all of these animals coming in. So that's why donations are critically needed so that we can continue to provide, you know, above and beyond care for all these animals that are coming in with medical issues. There's also a huge veterinary shortage. Um, A lot of people left the industry. Many people maybe aren't going into the industry like we used to see. So there's still animal shelters that maybe have one vet that works there um and it's really difficult to find veterinarians these days that will work in shelters and just even in private practice so 
it's uh, it's a real it's a real issue with veterinary resources right now. It's interesting. That is not the reason I thought you were going to give, um, but that makes absolute perfect sense. Uh, we're talking to Tori Fugate, Casey Pet Project here. How much does it cost to spay or neuter? It can average uh, a lot of times around four to five hundred dollars for a spay-neuter surgery these days in private practice. Now, um, our partners at Pet Resource Center are a great resource to go to. They're actually offering bundles um, right now for reduced uh, spay-neuter resources. So there are some low-cost options out there. But in private practice, oftentimes you're going to see, you know, vet resources averaging around four to $500 for a spay-neuter surgery. Okay, I hate to be the one to say this, and, and I'll say it so that no one else has to, but... Um, part of the reason you don't get something new in your life is because you can't afford to maintain it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so I ask, are people adopting pets or getting pets without realizing the costs that are associated with that? Well, the good news about adopting a shelter pet and this, you know, we kind of go back to that whole adopt, don't shop mentality. Right. When you adopt a shelter pet, that stuff is already provided. So we put vaccinations, we've done the spay neuter, we put a microchip in the pet, like we've done all of that. And we're giving out dogs right now for free. Um, so we have about 60 dogs right now that you can adopt for free today. We do uh, wave to see Wednesday, every Wednesday, where all dogs 20 pounds or more are free to adopt. We just did a huge special. We were doing $87 puppies. I mean, we're giving out these, you know, animals for a really, really reduced cost, adopting them out. And all of that veterinary resources, all of those resources have already been done. We put about four to $500 into every single animal that comes into the shelter. So that's why the benefit of adopting is so great is because you get all of that taken care of. Whereas if you maybe purchase from a breeder or a you know pet store that sells puppies, you're going to pay a lot of money to buy that dog that then you have to turn around and provide all of those veterinary resources for. And that's, I think, where we're seeing a huge strain in our community is that when people purchase puppies or get them from a neighbor or something like that, then they can't afford you know, maybe to do the, the spay neuter. So they just go without it. And then maybe they have oops litters or, you know, things like that later on. Um, and it just becomes more of a compounded issue. That is kind of what we're seeing here in Kansas City. Okay. So why aren't more people adopting pets from shelters? And I, I wonder, is it because they want a particular breed? Do they want to know the history more? They don't want it to be a stray. Why, why don't we have more people adopting from the shelters? Yeah. The good news at Casey Pet Project is our adoptions are up um, compared to where they were last year, but they're not keeping up with the volume of animals. And so we're just seeing more animals coming in every day than are going out. So that's why we just have to keep adopting out, you know, our animals so that we can keep up with this while at the same time looking at long-term solutions of how we can get more resources for our community that are desperately needed, such as spay-neuter resources. And so, but across the country, we are seeing adoptions taking a dip. Um, you know, we just have a lot more animals in shelters. Maybe people are looking for certain dogs, but I mean, we are getting doodle mixes. We are getting purebred dogs in here every day. Um, so if you are looking for a certain pet, chances are we're going to get it. We've had great Pyrenees dogs recently. We have so many Huskies right now. So we are getting purebred dogs in shelters. And, um, but, you know, we just, we get 40 to 60 new pets every day. So people just have to keep looking at our website um, for what they're interested in. We also have a pet alert system that you can sign up for to get email alerts whenever um, a certain, a dog matching your, 
required breed comes into the shelter that you're wanting. So here's a text we just got, and I can totally see this being a problem. Somebody just texted and said, I just adopted a Frenchie last year who needed a mass removed that was cancerous. $2,500 to do it, and they did, and we're still happy to have her. But people who adopt have to be willing to be ready Mm -hmm. for those bills also. Yeah, I say do a lot of research because, you know, certain breeds are prone maybe to, um, you know, to having some health issues later on. So it's just good to be aware of those things. You know, pet insurance is a real thing as well. You can get pet insurance that will help you cover some of those costs. Um, So that's, you know, always something to consider as well. And, you know, it's good to also, if you are purchasing a dog, and especially from a breeder, to ask about the history of those animals, see where they're, you know, where they live, all of that um, is really important because you want to make sure that if you are investing in an animal, um, that you, you know, know as much as you possibly can. And, you know, for shelters, we, we disclose everything that we know. So if a pet has lived in a home previously and we know the behaviors of that animal in the home, we disclose that to adopters. And any behaviors that we note here at the shelter, those are all disclosed at the time of adoption. Before we let you go, any events coming up that we should know about that would help you out? Well, we have Wave Fee Wednesday. Um, so all dogs uh, that are 20 pounds or more are free to adopt uh, every Wednesday at KC Pet Project. Um, we also have a list. It's our canine at risk list. And a lot of these dogs are um, just have been at the shelter for, you know, over a month's time. We're working really hard to get them out of the shelter. They're all available for adoption for free as well, including foster to adopt situations. So you can kind of try it before you buy it um, if you're interested in doing that. More information about all of that's on our website. We will be having another adoption special soon. So watch our social media for all of that. Excellent. KCPetProject.org is the website. Tori Fugate, we always appreciate. I, I always learn something new. I know we talk about it a lot, but I always learn something new. So we appreciate you coming on with us. Thank you so much. Thanks a bunch. All right, we'll take a break. Be back here in a few minutes on KMBZ. Well, this isn't on the Coffee House playlist. I can tell you that. <laughs> I don't know which playlist this is on, but it's definitely not on that this one. This is the Colin has chugged half of his coffee while it's still hot so that... Uh... I can get a little wired. I bought the AeroPress. Did you really? Yeah, 40 bucks. I bought the AeroPress. <laughs> nice. I'm yeah, it was an impulse buy, but I I'm going to try it out and see how I like it here. Uh welcome back in. Coming up in the next hour, we're going to get into the story uh that Fox 4 had this morning. When we talk about where to keep your valuables, we've talked before about if you keep cash or if you have, you know, documents and birth certificates and things like that and where you should keep that stuff. One of the things that comes up is the safe deposit box at a bank. And those are becoming a lot less popular. Banks, in fact, are offering them less than they used to. We will talk about this story about this woman in Kansas City, Kansas, that will make me think, well, I'm not putting my stuff in a safe deposit box anymore. And if you're not putting it there, where is safe to put it? So we'll explain that one coming up here uh, in the next hour. Wanted to give a quick update. Here's your adult content warning about this one if you've got kids with you. But there is a brief update on the story that we talked to recently about the woman who was accused of putting her infant, her one-month-old child, in the oven. We talked about this uh, quite a bit where um, she had said she thought she was putting the baby in the crib, and it turned out it was the oven, and the baby died because the oven was on or she turned it on. We don't know exactly how that happened and she ended up calling the grandparents and the grandparents came over and found the baby and they responded uh her name is mariah thomas she is 25 years old she was charged 10 days ago 
And uh, this is one of those where we wonder more about if the charges are going to be um, made more severe than they are right now. But her bond has been reduced. Uh, Originally, that bond was $200,000. It's been reduced now to $100,000. The bond included conditions that if she were to bond out, she would be put on house arrest with a GPS tracker at her parents' home. Uh, this was 41st and uh, Forest Avenue. And I we will learn more about this um, eventually. But we don't know yet what happened. We don't know. There was a Daily Beast story that said a friend of hers said the woman had mental, health, uh, mental illness and it was an accident. Um, the police affidavit had said she went to put the infant down for a nap and mistakenly put her in the oven instead of the crib. We don't know um, exactly what was going on there, if it was intentional or if it was just, I I don't know how a person would do that on accident. I I just don't know how that can happen. But uh, there was a friend who talked to the Daily Beast that said she's been dealing with mental illness since she was a child and said she had stopped taking her medication for her conditions while pregnant. I don't know how much all that's going to figure into the legalese of this and how this plays out in court. But at the very least right now, uh, bond has been reduced. Endangering the welfare of a child is what she's been charged with and could face a decade or more in prison. It's not, there's not a manslaughter charge in that there, but that's, that's what she is facing so far. So again, bond now at a hundred thousand dollars and then she'll go back to court and we'll see how this ends up. Uh, playing out here. All right, coming up in the next hour, American Airlines is raising a particular fee that is going to upset some people. And why should you maybe reconsider putting your valuables in a safe deposit box? All that and more coming up in the next hour here on KMBZ. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.
auto parts. <laughs> 